Today, we're talking with Mina Elias from the Trivium Group, and he's going to give PPC strategies for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the holiday season in general. This and so much more on today's episode. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Not sure on what main image you should choose from, or maybe you don't know whether buyers would be interested in your product at a certain price point. Perhaps you want feedback on your new brand or company logo. Get instant and detailed market feedback from actual Amazon Prime members by using Helium 10 Audience. Just enter in your poll or questions, and within a short period of time, 50 to 100 or even more Amazon buyers will give you detailed feedback on what resonates with them the most. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash audience. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Carrie Miller, and this is our Tacos Tuesday, where we answer all of your PPC questions. Uh, We have an expert guest who is going to help answer all of your burning questions, especially for the holidays. Um, And so today on our show, we have Mina Elias, and I'm so excited to have him on. He's an expert in PPC. And so I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. What's up? What's up, guys? Thanks again for coming on live with me. I'm, I'm so excited you're here. I know. Thank you for having me. It's been a minute since I've done a Tacos Tuesday. Yeah. It's, do you want to just uh, introduce yourself a little bit uh, so that everyone knows who you are and like a little bit about you and your agency? Yeah. Yeah. My name is Mina Elias. I'm the founder of Trivium Group, which is an Amazon uh, agency, Amazon marketing agency. Um, we handle you know pretty much everything on Amazon for brands. I started as a supplement brand in 2018 using Helium 10 religiously, of course. And, uh, you know, I, I grew and scaled that brand to over a million dollars. It's called MMA Nutrition. And then I, uh, you know, in 2021, there was like a very large demand for people like coming to me saying, please run my PPC and stuff like that. So I ended up starting an Amazon uh, ads agency. Initially, it was just Amazon PPC. And now we do, you know, PPC, DSP, SEO, creatives, uh, you know, helping brands launch on Amazon, all that kind of stuff. And um, I actually worked with Helium 10 on their PPC course. So if you are a member of Helium 10, you should definitely, if you haven't checked it out yet, you should definitely check it out. It is a full thorough course. Me and Vince Montero uh, kind of did it together. And, um, you know, it's like beginner all the way to advanced. And it's kind of everything that I do in, in you know, in our business for managing ads. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I love sharing everything that we are doing and, and learning. Uh, we have about 150 brands under management, 80 wow. people on the team. Yeah, Amazing. and it's just, it's, um, you know, we're learning a lot every day and Amazon's changing. And, and you know, I know that it, it's hard. Like when I started out, it was very hard for me to know what's what's good and what's not good. So I'm here to kind of share my experience and then hopefully it benefits everyone. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I have some questions prepared here for uh, for Mina that are kind of more holiday oriented. So this should be a really good episode. Uh, okay. So here's the first question. What is your Black Friday, Cyber Monday strategy? Cool. So, you know, I love talking about this because um, on, on Prime Days and Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I mean, one wrong move and you could end up losing all of your profits. And the reason I say this is because that happened to me multiple years in a row and at least like two years in a row where I was following the strategy of, you know, spend a lot of money on ads, do deep discounts. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're going to sell four times more on Black Friday, Saturday, Monday or Prime Day. And I did sell four times more, but I also spent way more and I resulted, it resulted in me losing money or not making profits those days. So 
there's two categories in, in which products fall. One category is they do v- very well uh, in, in Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or, uh, you know, and Prime Day, right? I'm talking like expensive products, giftable products. You should know your product. If you don't, I suggest that you go on to Helium 10 and you can see the performance historically of, uh, you know, product sales over time. And, and I think Bradley did a video on this. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel, you know, just Mina Elias. You'll find a video of me and Bradley and he uses X-Ray and Cerebro to show you, you know, historically, how has this product sold? And if you notice that certain products, uh, you know, or, or you don't know if your product is going to sell a lot and, you know, you notice that there's a spike, um, you know, then you're like, okay, my product might fall into that category of it's going to do really well Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So if you're in that category, I'm going to give you the strategy, which is leading up to Black Friday, Cyber Monday or or any prime day, you basically want to increase, you, you know, your bids. Um, you know that you're going to do a, a deal. So you want to increase your bids as, and, and get as much rank as you can, because during Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you're probably going to have to decrease it a little bit because you might not be able to handle the volume of the spend that's going to happen from all of the additional people coming in onto the platform. So you're initially increasing your bids 30 days before, you know, you have a deal coming the day of, you know, the day before I would say, and then the day of, and then the day after, um, you, you're going to lower your bids a little bit, probably I would say by 10%, nothing crazy. And you want to check frequently, um, that you're, you know, how much your spend is and you want to make sure that it's not out of control. Um, there's also guardrails. I wouldn't do account level, uh, budgets, but if you have a software, you know, you could do some sort of automation where it's like, if you hit a certain spend in that day, then, you know, lower your bids or your budgets by a certain amount. So you're not overspending. Again, the, the thing that I learned the hard way was, you know, I would on average sell $2,000 a day. We prime day came black Friday, seven Monday came. I spent, I sold $4,000, but instead of spending an average of like, you know, 400 to 500, I spent 1500 mm. and that extra thousand or whatever in profit uh, that I was going to make because of the sales, it all went to ads and I ended up not making as much money or losing money. And, you know, why would I do that when I'm just like selling more units and now I have to order, uh, you know, more units faster. Now, if you're not in that category, what I would do is you, you need to have a, a very focused, uh, strategy on organic only. So 30 days prior, um, to black Friday, cyber Monday, you're going to increase your bids again. But the day before, uh, like, or maybe even two days before, leading up to the day after, those days um, I cut my bids by 30%. And we do this across all the brands. So it's a significant cut, which essentially means, you know, if someone is clicking on your ads, you know, they're, they're probably like deep. They're not like window shopping or anything like that. They're probably on page three or something like that. And it's cool because, you know, people are, are going to, who are scrolling that much might be interested in buying. And what I've noticed is, even by cutting our ads by 30%, they will probably, our PPC spend will probably be more like 10% more than what, what it usually is. Uh, but as a result, we do get an increased amount of sales. It's not the same as if our bids were high. So we'll maybe sell 50%, 70, 100% more than what we usually would sell in a day. Uh, but, you know, we'll have our ad spend the same. And so all of that difference is net profit. And so, you know, if your your strategy is if you're not the seasonal product, Black Friday, Summer Monday type of product, you want to cut down by 30 percent. 
But if you if you are, then you you're gonna have a deal, and you're gonna probably only cut by ten percent. Um, deals perform exceptionally well uh, for products like that. So we've had giftable products that were forty five, and we brought them down to thirty five dollars. We've had uh, coffee makers that were three hundred dollars, and we brought them down to like two hundred and sixty or something like that, two fifty nine, and. That that coffee maker I think did seventy thousand dollars in one day. Wow! Um, yeah, uh, we had a, a card brand, a card holder that did like a million dollars between both Prime days. So when you have a giftable product, when you have an expensive product, something that people wait for deals to buy, you can you can make a lot of money. Um, and you know, definitely utilize the deals uh, that you know Prime Day deals or Black Friday Cyber Monday deals. And then one more thing that I didn't mention for both of those is if you do plan on on like showing that you have a lower price, 30 to 45 days before uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday or Prime Day, increase your cost, your sale price. And let's say you're a $30 product, you know, bring it up to 35 and then you know, um, right before you can drop your price back to 30 and it will show that you have had the lowest price in the last 30 days. So on top of like a deal, it'll show that you have the lowest price, or if you don't have a deal, it'll show that you have the lowest price, which some people, people might think that it's a deal. That's essentially, you know, what we've been doing, you know, and then another thing to consider is what are the things that you can do to improve your cook through rate during those periods, which are going to be your, your sale price, your main image and your reviews. Those are the top three things that can influence your click through rate. The higher the click through rate, the more you're taking advantage of all that traffic that's coming in. And so main image, the time to split test is probably now because you have mm-hmm. about, about a month uh, until Black Friday, Saturday, Monday, uh, you know, w- with price testing, see how far you can go up uh, right now, you know, before actually having a significant impact, because then when you go down, you can have a deal and you don't have to go down as much. If you raise your price by 20% now and, and you notice that your sales and your profits are pretty much the same, when you do a 20% off in you know Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you're going to get all that much more profit because you're having you know more sales at the same price. Um, and then if you're at a 4.2 stars, do whatever it takes between now and, and Black Friday, Cyber Monday to hit a 4.3. Because once you hit the 4.3 and you have four and a half stars, I've seen click-through rates go way up and traffic, you know, paid and organic significantly improve. And just a note for everyone, higher click-through rates means lower cost per click. That's, I mean, I don't know why uh, that's the case. My theory is that Amazon views higher click-through rates as better experience for shoppers. And as a result, they want to reward you and allow you to spend more money. So if you're looking for one way to get more free sales through organic traffic, or more sales at a lower cost through a lower cost per click, work on uh, click through rate. So are you, would you say to do the uh, manage my experiments to do split testing for those main images or how do you, how do you usually split test? You know, manage my experiments has not been that reliable recently. Mm. And I, I updated my main image and I did manage my, my experiments. And I noticed that for one variation, it said that the old one was better. And then for one variation said the new one is better. Hmm. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to test putting the new one up and I know what my click through rate has been the last you know month. Let's see what's going to happen the next two weeks. And so I added the new image and click through rate went up by a lot. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, and, and it was against kind of what managed my experiment said. So I think the ultimate way to split test is just, you know, use something like you guys have a poll uh, feature, right? Yeah. 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 Audiences. Yep. So use Helium 10 audiences 
get some preliminary data. And then, you know, if you feel a little bit more confident and you're like, okay, cool. Like this image is definitely better than my old image. Then go ahead and just like test it. Worst case, your click through rate goes down for a couple of weeks. No, no big deal. You can catch it pretty quick. I would not make any decisions until at least seven days because you need like one full week cycle. So you can look at the average of the click through rates before average of the click through rates after, and then say, okay, you know, after it's definitely worse because for me, Monday, the click-through rate could be 0.4. Tuesday could be 0.28. Wednesday could mm -hmm. be 0.43. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, that's how it just fluctuates. No one knows why. It's human behavior. You know, none of us, you know, behave in a predictable way. Um, like, you know, at least that predictable. So it's okay. Like, just let a full week cycle go by. Do you have some tips? Like, are there certain things, like maybe if you have multiples in a package, should you show all of them? Or wh what are some kind of tips you have for those main images that you've seen kind of better performance on the click-through? Yeah, great, great question. So for me, I think what I've seen is the sale, the selling points, like the, the USB, the selling point being visible and you showing that you're better than everyone else just from the main image. And so when I, when I put a bunch of, you know, um, like products next to each other, my competitors versus me, like I know that I'm looking for a product. Not a lot of people take advantage of the text on their, on their boxes or on their products. So uh, for example, let's say, you know, you're selling like um, flip-flops, the cloud mm -hmm. flip-flops. So you can have the flip-flops and, and, you know, in an angle, whatever, or you can have the flip-flops uh, put on top of a box, a fake box. And on that box, you have two sides where you can write text. And mm. it says like, you know, the softest material on the market or whatever, 100% recyclable stuff like that, right? Because you can have that text on the box that you couldn't ha actually have on your package. And and that box probably doesn't exist. You know, you're probably yeah. <laughs> shipping wow. it in a, in a clear bag, but no one is going to pay attention to that detail. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to get your, your slippers. They're going to look this, you know, they're going to look like slippers. So for me, my, my, um, product, my electrolytes, if you go look at it on Amazon, it's like shinier, there's text on the cap. Uh, there's like some different logos that show. Okay that actually don't exist on the bottle. And when they do get the bottle, it looks very, very similar. There's just a few things. And those few, few things, those are the differences that when someone types in a keyword and they're looking, you know, they're browsing, I catch their eye because I have like some elements outside of the product that, that are eye catching. And I have some text uh, on the product that like, they're looking at, oh, like this is an electrolyte powder. And then they're like, oh, this is an electrolyte powder with no sugar, with no carbs. Mm -hmm. And it has this, and it's made in America. And it's all of these things on the label. And so they're like, they're convinced to click on me without having to read like title or anything like that. Wow. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So it's elements that pop, um, you know, and, and the, just, you, you have to get creative in, in that one. And, and so just you know, think about what your product is and what are some elements that you can add around the product to make it pop and then utilize packaging with text to, you know, have, make your main image an infographic instead of a main, you know, like okay. if you could make your main image an infographic, that's what I'm getting at. Very interesting. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. That's really good info. Okay. Let's go into the next question here. Let's see. I think you kind of asked, well, this is for holiday season. So how should I adjust my PPC budget for the holiday season? So in general, like, you know, Q4, there's more spend. What budget recommendations do you have? Yeah. So again, like if, if, if you don't know historically how much your budget goes up by, what I would do is I would go, I would go into Helium 10 and I find the increase in sales, um, you know, from my competitors and I would probably budget 
50 to 100% uh, like growth in my ad spend based on what I'm seeing. So let's say my competitor goes from selling 100 units a day to 200 units a day during during that season then i'm gonna take you know i'm spending a thousand dollars a day on ads i'm gonna go to 1500 or max 2000 that's kind of my range of of increase in ad spend and i'm obviously gonna do it slowly and make sure that my revenue is growing you know more um so that i'm left with net profit so that's another point is to make sure that you are tracking your net profits so net profits Mm -hmm. is your sale price minus your amazon fees minus your cost of goods sold uh, minus your advertising, uh, you know, advertising spend, um, and then obviously refunds and reimbursements. Take that into account, mm-hmm. and that's your net profit, you know, on Amazon, and excluding like your own like co- cost, you know, VAs, whatever that kind of stuff. So make sure that you're measuring that because that's the the like the true number of like how much you're taking home, and as that number you know is increasing, you can increase your your ad spend, and you know, hopefully, because at the end of the day, like I don't care about selling three times more uh, in Q4 and then, you know, my net profit's the same. I'd rather right. sell four times less and have the same net profit because it, it's easier on my cash flow. So yeah. that's how I would, I would adjust my budgets. Now, if you have historic data and you understand how your sales perform, then you can do it based off of your, your sales growth. Again, if, if you're sa- like not your spend growth, but your sales growth. So if your sales have historically gone up by 80%, then I'm, I'm, you know, going up by 40 to 80% on my ad spend. I'll start by going up 40% and then notice how much my sales went up. Because if I start going up by 80% and my sales are only up by 60, I'll scale it back down to 40. Because again, I want to keep that gap uh, big enough so that mm-hmm. I'm making more profit, taking more money home. That's a really good point. Yeah. Profitability is the most important thing at the end of the day. Yeah. Another holiday specific one. What are some strategies for creating holiday specific ad campaigns and promotions? Yeah. So... This is, I mean, people are not going to like this answer, but every single time I've tried to create anything that's holiday specific has not turned out, you know, well. So sponsor products ads work amazing. Every time I I try doing a holiday sponsored brand, which is, you know, the Christmas tree with the products around it and, you know, that kind of stuff like Christmassy vibes. I don't know what it is. My theory is that people on Amazon see that as an ad and they're like, I don't want to click mm-hmm. on an ad, but they see sponsor products as like a very like organic thing. And they're like, Oh, I didn't even know that it was an ad. So, and then I've tried it with DSP too. And and that one was painful because we have to come up with like 16 different sizes for each creator. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so we tried a lot of it and it did not outperform regular, you know, a regular standard ad. So I wouldn't worry too much about, you know, uh, creatives for holidays. Okay. I have, we've got a lot of questions in here, so I'm going to start yeah. um, pulling up some of these questions from the audience. Um, Marik, I hope I said your name right. What is, or what are your rules to stop sponsored campaigns when a, a keyword does not perform as desired? Okay. So usually if I'm, if I'm trying to be aggressive and grow, um, it is about the same price as my product and no sales. So if I have a, a $30 product, if I spend $30 in no sales, um, if it's an auto broad phrase or expanded ASIN, I'm adding it as a negative. If it's an exact, I'm lowering the bids and I'm going to lower the bids consistently until they either stop spending money or they're profitable. Uh, but more than likely, you know, they're just going to stop spending money, but I'm just giving it a chance to be on page four. And if someone finds it and clicks on it, they're like likely to con- uh, convert. So that's, that's my strategy. Uh, if I'm going aggressive, if I'm, trying to be conservative, it'll be 
30 to 50% of my sale price. So if I have a $30 product, anywhere between 10 to $15 in spend and no sales, then I'm, I'm going to add it as a negative or positive. Now, if you notice that there's a lot of those, and if you notice that you, you know, you went in and you're like, okay, cool, $15 in spend and no sales, I'm going to add it as a negative or lower the bids. And you do that and you're left with very little and you feel like, you know, like it's not, it, your sales are not there. You probably have a conversion rate problem. So your problem mm. is, is more, yes, kill the bleeding. So $15 in spend, no sales, add it as negative, stop spending money on it. You, you know, you can't help it, but focus on your, you know, with your current ads being the same, that your tacos like gets cut in half by you doubling your conversion rate. Because then from there, you can start removing some of the negatives and retesting them or mm. just taking the negatives and relaunching them in, in newer campaigns and seeing if they're going to perform. Because a lot of the times it's like a balance between conversion rate and ad spend. So here at this ad spend, you know, and this conversion rate, I'm fine. Now, like, you know, this conversion rate, now I'm not profitable. So mm-hmm. when my conversion rate goes up, I can spend a little bit more. Conversion rate goes up, I can spend a little bit more. It's like a balancing act. Yeah. That's a really good point, you know, that, you know, you got to look at your listing too. Is it the most optimized or your images the best they could be? I mean, even just your main image, the way you were talking about, you know, adding those different things on the packaging, that's, um, you know, little touches that make a huge difference. So that is really good. You know, not all, neg- you know, you can negative the keywords, but then, you know, they might not be bad forever. So it's really good. Mr. Techie says, uh, PPC strategy help required selling a product in Indian market. And then I launched it in the U S market, have 60 plus feedbacks. My a cost is 150%. I was running exact match, but conversion rate is negative 7%. So not sure what the question is, but yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you clarify the question? And then, I mean, if your conversion rate is 7%, uh, I mean, ACOS really doesn't matter to me. Tell me what your tacos is. That's like maybe going to be a little bit more indicative. Tell me what your, you know, your margin is and what your tacos is and what your, your conversion rate is uh, like overall on the listing. And I can maybe help you a little bit better. But I mean, if you're, if you just launched, it's more than likely your conversion rate is low. Having 60 plus feedbacks or reviews, I'm assuming, um, is not enough. Also running exact match alone isn't, great. You can run broad phrase and exact and auto and expanded ASIN and whatever is working, you know, you can keep that and whatever's not working, you can pause it or add it as a negative. And the goal is to, you know, across all the different ad types that you have match types and all that kind of stuff to find just a bunch of winning keywords. So you start off, let's say with a hundred dollars a day in budget and you know, you launch a hundred dollars a day worth of ads and maybe $10 of those ads are profitable. So the other 90, you're going to kill and then launch a, a new 90. And out of that 90, there's 10. And so now you have 20 that's working, 80 that's not working, you know, kill that 80, launch another new 80. Now you have maybe 30 and, and, you know, and so on. And so you're just trying to stack up like more keywords that are profitable and they're working and then kill the, the ones that you tested, but didn't work out. And again, all of them will work better if your conversion rate is higher. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I think he said something else a little bit. I've already spent over 3000 My sales are around 1800 through profitability, though profitability is very low. So I think you kind of gave some good advice there. So so let's see. Bradley has a question. He says, are you 100% of the time doing custom images for sponsored brand ads? And if so, what kind of images are working well? Okay, so the one the one image that i've seen perform really well and and yes i am doing custom images for sponsor brand 100% of the time the one image that i'm seeing work really really well is um like something like social proof so mm. people that are on shark tank 
people that, uh, you know, were like featured on, like uh, there was a creative one where it was like the product and then like put on the cover of Forbes, uh, you know, like uh, with a magazine of Forbes, like next to it. We've seen like stuff done with an influencer, like really big influencers, uh, Hillary Duff, Halle Berry, um, you know, who are like celebrities. So social proof is what I've seen um, works incredibly well. And and you have to do it in a way where like it's there's no like text. Um, so you can't just do like a bunch of like logos and stuff like that. I don't think they're going to allow that. But that is what I've seen works best. Everything else has worked kind of okay, you know, like similar sponsored brands in general. And, and, you know, I hate to say this, but sponsored brands in general, they seem to not perform that well. They seem to just spend more money and not generate sales. So I'm hundred percent an advocate for sponsored brands for your own branded search terms. But the second that I start going into like sponsor brand for other keywords, what I notice is it's like, the people are clicking on sponsor brand and sponsor products, spending money and not, and it's not generating any more sales. And we've tried it where our organic and sponsored is low. And so, so there's, you know, there's no chance they're coming into our listing and we try and run a, a sponsored brand and they've, they've done okay. They haven't done great. That's interesting. Okay. The next question. Hi, you mentioned in one of your videos that you use same keyword in multiple campaigns. Does not, does that not cannibalize the keyword? Yeah, so the only time I'm using the same keyword in multiple campaigns if the if the match types are different and it does not cannibalize and I'll explain why. So when you have a keyword in broad, that keyword triggers 50 different searches, uh, 50 different search terms, right? If it's in phrase, it triggers 20, and if it's in exact, it triggers one. And then these are just like, you know, rough numbers. So it, let's say that the, you know, you have the same keyword in broad phrase and exact this keyword in broad is going to show one of 50 times. Now, if you have a hundred dollars a day budget in that campaign and a $1 cost per click, that means that it's going to show up across those 50 keywords twice per keyword. You know, you're going to, it's going to, you know, be two times per keyword in 24 hours. And then, you know, for, for the, the like phrase, it's going to be five times per keyword. And then for the exact, it's going to be whatever, however many times, you know, a hundred times for, for that keyword. That's if you reach a hundred dollars a day and spend. And so you add that up, right? Two times, five times, you know, and, and let's say 20 times in 24 hours, they're not going to compete with each other. Like there's, there's so much time in the day. An ad could be showing up, you know, every minute. Uh, so it's like there, there's, they're usually in different match types, not going to compete. And, and if they do happen to show in uh, different times, um, from my understanding, the the one that has the highest uh, bid is the one that's going to show up. So it's not a big deal. I, I don't think they compete. I just think like statistically, you have something that shows up twice in 24 hours, five times in 24 hours, 20 times in 24 hours. What is the chance of them running into each other? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Jeffrey asked, what's the minimum amount of, of spend needed and the minimum time frame you recommend for running DSP? That's a really good question. I've had this question a lot recently. Yeah, so I would say 2000 a month uh, is would be the bare minimum. Um, and that's just kind of enough to cover like some loyalty retargeting uh, campaigns. And the minimum, like in the first 30 days, that's when you're still getting data. And then in the second 30 days, that's when you're starting to optimize. So within 60 days, you should start seeing like the true results. So I would say the minimum ad spend would be 2000. And then the minimum, you know, amount of time should be 60 days. 
Uh, and then 60 days, that's if you're like running it with someone that's like experienced and they know what they're doing. If you're doing it yourself, it's probably, it's going to be longer, you know, more like 120 days because there is a lot of things that you have to tweak to get it right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a lot of ad spend. I think you can get retargeting down with 2000. You just have to figure out which uh, placements work the best. So for me, it's been usually amazon.com, uh, desktop, mobile web, and mobile app. Um, Creatives has been responsive e-commerce, has performed the best. And then audiences are, are uh, like sometimes 30 days is enough, 30 days retargeting. Sometimes you have to go with like 60 days retargeting. So it just depends on how many people are coming into your listing. Uh, for an audience to be created on DSP, you need at least a thousand uh, unique visitors a month to create an audience. Awesome. Okay. The next one is, how are you using the bidding strategy for supplements and are you getting good results? First, for supplements, the way that, like I work from long to long tail up, like from, from long, like long-term, like um, low, low search volume all the way up because lower search volume are easier to win. And so my strategy is, you know, going to Helium 10, I put in my, or I go into like, you know, the search results on, on Amazon, type in my main keyword, open up X-Ray. I pull up the top 10 competitors, launch them in Cerebro. Then I set up some settings. So I would say like a minimum of 500 searches a month, minimum ranking competitors, seven or eight out of the 10. Um, and then maximum position 60. Um, and so now it's showing me keywords that are relevant to most of these competitors with decent search volume that, and they're not ranked uh, super low. And then from there, I have my core list and I take that core list and I start launching. I, I launched the big ones initially just to get relevancy and to get a lot of in indexing for, for a, a lot of different keywords. I'll launch as broad phrase and exact, but I start with the lower search volume keywords and I put them five in a campaign, one in broad, one in phrase, one in exact, and I'm gradually launching them. And I start with a, a bid that's lower or around the suggested bid. Uh, sometimes the suggested bid is $5. So I'll just start at, you know, a dollar or $2 anyways. And then I can always inch my way up. And so from there I wait and I, I, you know, I spend and I see what's going on. And then I start inching the data up based on like what's getting, um, impressions. Um, and obviously if there's anything that's performing well, I'm spending a little bit more money on it. And I'm basically trying to start, like I'm casting a net at the bottom and then coming up, 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 up until it starts like catching some people. And instead of like spending up here and then I'm like, damn, like this is spending too much money. It's not profitable and lowering the bids. I start at the bottom and, and work my way up. And then as I stack the, the long tail ones, it's easier to launch the bigger ones uh, because they're going to be more costly, but they'll balance out because they, they will drive a lot of traffic, but you should have like a, a decent amount of sales that are profitable coming in first. And then, then it will work a lot better than if you just start with the broad keywords. Um, and yeah, that, and that gets me pretty good results. Uh, we're uh, like looking for negative keywords very frequently, making sure that any keyword that spends a certain amount of money with no sales, uh, is added as negative. Like if it's an auto broad phrase or expanded ASIN, um, and then all any keyword that's like underperforming bids are lowered and we're constantly launching new keywords and testing new keywords out. So going through the search term report, um, you know, twice a week, identifying any search term that converted profitably that we're not currently running. I'm not negativing it or anything. I'm just taking it out, putting it in its own campaign in different match types to try and double down on those keywords. Awesome. All right. Next question. Are Google ads still effective? 
Yeah, I would say Google ads are still effective, definitely. I think if you're trying to drive cold Google ads to Amazon, because you have a lack of attribution, it's very hard to optimize. I wouldn't necessarily put my money there before maximizing uh, PPC and DSP. Can you elaborate a little bit more on the strategy for rank? Do you have to put in specific keywords on your Google ads in order to rank on Amazon for those? Or does it just sending Google traffic allow all your keywords to increase in organic rank? Like what, what is the strategy for that? The strategy is, is individual keywords. So it's like we'll okay. set up a keyword uh, in its own campaign and we'll drive traffic to Amazon. And we're noticing that the rank of that keyword for us organically goes up and we're, we're tracking it in the search query performance report. Um, in terms of like all of everything ranking higher, that works well when we're using influencers. So we've mm. done a strategy where we've hit up a bunch of influencers. Like I'm actually going to do this for my new uh, product that I'm launching um, on Amazon. It's like a new, it's like a packets version of my electrolytes, but basically I'm giving it away to a hundred different influencers. And what we've seen is like brands that have done that, that they've given it away to influencers on TikTok and they've like posted about it and made good content. And then people are like looking up the brand name and looking it on Amazon. Like that's really helped improve organic rank across the board. That's amazing. Thank you. Okay. So what's the best way to choose initial bids? Yeah. So start with suggested bid, you know, and, and if the suggested bid's too high, just start lower and then work your way up. There's like no science behind this. Um, you're never going to nail it. You're just going to start somewhere and then you're going to have to optimize over time until you hit the, the, you know, the sweet spot. But I would rather you start lower and work your way up because if you start higher, you're just spending a lot more money faster. All right. Next one. Should broad and phrase match be used in campaigns throughout the product lifetime? I think is what that is. <laughs> Okay, so should broad and phrase match type? Yeah, broad and phrase match types should be used forever. They're like different types of keywords. So you, ha you have one keyword and you have different match types and those different match types perform differently. So, you know, the, it's like, that's just how it is. Like the, the you know, you can have a electrolyte powder broad, electrolyte powder exact, and electrolyte powder broad could do amazing because inside of electrolyte powder broad, there's 40 keywords you have negative 10 of them that are not doing well. And then there's 30 of them that are doing good, you know, and then electrolyte powder exact is just that one keyword. And, and, you know, you've optimized the bid as much as you can, and it's doing okay, but you know, it's spending too much money and not, and ACOS is high, et cetera, et cetera. So you should always use phrase and, and broad. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And we have some continuation for the one earlier who had 150% ACOS negative 7% conversion rate. He said, tacos are 125% current sales, two orders a day, category gift bags. I need PPC strategy for the current situation. In Helium 10, I see my rank is poor for major keywords I am tracking. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it looks like to me, it's more likely a conversion rate problem. When I see tacos that high, I mean, it's not going to be your, because if your tacos is that high, then great. Like pause all your keywords and only keep the ones that are profitable. And if there's like, if the ones that are profitable aren't even making you two sales a day, then yeah, I mean, you have a conversion problem. So, it, cause if you fix your conversion rate, then your 125 tacos could become 50% tacos. And then you'll have more opportunity to get, you know, launch more keywords and some of them be more profitable, which will drop your tacos even further. But it seems as of right now, you're, it's, it's probably a conversion rate problem. Yeah. Sorry, let me just say, okay. While you fix your conversion rate, what should you do for PPC? I would say go after a bunch of long tail keywords, start with a very low bid and work your way up slowly and try and, and catch some profitable keywords. That's, that's all you can do 
there's not much else that you can do, right? It's because at the end of the day, you're launching different keywords, you're testing different keywords. Some of them need to convert, and and it's you know it's up to your conversion rate. Awesome. I think that's actually the last of the the questions here. So, and we're about you know almost at forty minutes. So we've de- we've definitely had a pretty good uh, episode here. So thank you so much for joining us on this live. We really appreciate you coming and giving all this expert advice. I think it, you just dropped so much information here. So many good tactics that people can start taking into, especially these holiday season times to help, you know, maybe not overspend and uh, to be more profitable. So thank you so much again for joining and we'll see you again, hopefully another time on Tacos Tuesday and we'll see you, again. Yes. See you later. <laughs> see you later. See you soon. Thanks guys. Bye everyone.